Welcome to Time Lapse, Season 5 of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. In this season, we track how God works in and through our guests' lives over the course of time. In each episode, you will hear two interviews recorded about six months apart. Of course, we chat scripture, encouragement, and the character of God in both interviews. We dwell richly together in every season. We invite you, sister, no matter your current season, to come along for the journey. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, just a couple reminders. If you haven't already silenced your cell phones, um, if you could do so, put it on do not disturb. Um, sometimes even the vibrations can be a little bit noisy. So if you haven't gotten the memo, we are doing a live recording tonight. So if you've always told yourself, I am not brave enough to be on the podcast, well, too bad you're on the podcast. <laughs> so welcome, welcome. Um, Psalm 77:11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. So welcome to our first ever live podcast recording. My name is Bethany. I've had the pleasure of interviewing a couple of you on the podcast and hearing from many others of you over the course of our few seasons. Um, I have the joy of working with our wonderful podcast team week in and week out to provide you guys with content to listen to. Um, and tonight is a special night remembering and celebrating what God has done through the podcast over the past two years. So it's only natural that God led us to choose remembrance as an overarching theme for our celebration. So one of the neat aspects of remembering, when we actively and audibly remember what the Lord has done, we preach his faithfulness to ourselves and to others. So we have a whole room full of sisters here that we've been preaching to both ourselves and our sisters as we reflect on what the Lord has done. Um, one of the big examples of remembrance that inspired this event is found in Joshua. So Jillian um, led us through that passage earlier, but because we have a bunch of sisters who weren't able to join us tonight, who are, will be listening to this in a little bit, a um, couple weeks from now when this releases, I wanted to kind of provide them some context for what we've been discussing tonight. So um, just a little bit of background. Remember, the Jews had finally crossed over the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And this has come after decades and centuries of captivity in Egypt, followed by wandering in the wilderness. So they are tired. They are worn out. They've probably forgotten some of what God said he was going to do and maybe even doubted what God said he was going to do. So now they're starting to finally see a visual that God is a faithful, promise-keeping God. So Joshua 4, 20 through 24 says, And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea when he dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So this is why it's important to remember because if any of you are like me, we're a forgetful people. 
we need that command to remember because we won't do it of our own sinful accord. Um, so tonight you've hopefully been able to share um, amongst your table these evidences of grace with the sisters that you've been sitting with. And now we have the opportunity to talk through those same questions with our wonderful panel up here. So we have three um, great sisters that you may have gotten to meet tonight, and if not, you're going to. Um, so we have Melanie, Alicia, and Dee, and they're going to kind of introduce themselves to you, um, give us a little insight what their current season of life looks like, and then we're going to start to dive into our discussion. So Melanie, why don't you get us started? Okay. My name's Melanie, and I live on the north side of Dayton in Pitt City. I'm a homeschool mama. I have four boys. They range in age from 20 down to 8. Um, so I'm really busy training boys up to be men, as my husband likes to call it. Um, but it's been a really great privilege to have them in my life. And, um, yeah, I gave my life to Christ when I was 17. And um, I've been walking with him ever since. Good evening. My name is Alicia Foster. I am a daughter. I'm a sister. I am an aunt, and I am a teacher. Um, I work with children. I love children. They are amazing to me. Um, I am a Christian, of course. Um, I love the Lord. I am a woman of God. Um, I'm totally saved. I'm totally committed to Christ. Um, I'm not married. I don't have any children as of yet, but the Lord is working. Um, so I am just forever grateful um, for what he's doing in my life. Um, he's just amazing. He's just absolutely amazing. So many places I could be that I'm not. So I'm thankful. Hi, my name is Dee Ashbaugh, and I am um, the mother of four children, three daughters, one son, and they are grown. They're all in their 30s now. Um, and we have one uh, granddaughter, 13-month-old granddaughter, who's just the light of our lives. I am uh, right now in this season, I have the privilege of mentoring uh, young women, uh, just uh, those who are young moms and single women and just different um, stages. Sometimes it's on the phone. They're on, I have someone on the West Coast and someone up in Buffalo and someone in Washington, D.C., each different places and then others that are close to home. And uh, God has been gracious just coming alongside and uh, living life with uh, those who've not come as far as I have, perhaps. Well, thank you for sharing, ladies. Um, now let's just dig right in because we have a lot to talk about. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that you guys have to share. So our first question is, why is it important to remember how God works in our lives? Well, the first thing for me is that we have to remember that God created us in his likeness and his image. That's the first thing we have to always remember. Um, he made us, he created us out of nothing, and he made something. He made each and every one of us. So that's the point we have to get to. Then the second point is where we've been. The Lord has brought us from a mighty long way. There's so many places that we could be that we're not. Um, it's only by his grace and mercy. So we have to always remember that. Romans 5 and 8 says that, he demonstrated his love. When we was in our mess, when we was messed up, he loved us and he died for us so that we can have him with us. And the last thing I want to say is that um, the most important thing is that he loves us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us the best gift he could ever give us was giving us his son so that we can be here with each other to um, to love him and to serve him and do his 
wheel. Well, I um, I thought about this a lot too because I think I'm uh, so it's, it's so easy for me to, to forget or lose track of what God has done when I come on the next situation. So I thought about I thought uh, first of all that you know life life moves so fast, doesn't it? And sometimes uh, I think we we just miss the miracle of God. We miss we miss what He's done altogether. And and I thought about the children of Israel. You know, picture this. You know, they're more, maybe more than two million of them crossing the Jordan River, and um, I, I don't think women have changed then uh, from now that we all wear a lot of hats, and so I think they were probably uh, working with uh, their own kids, keeping them in tow, and, and if they didn't have kids, they were helping somebody else with theirs, and I don't know how many came across at one time, but it had to have been just hours and hours and days, maybe even days of coming across the river. And sometimes, and, and it's dry, and could they see the sides all pulled up? I don't know. I don't know how wide that line was. But sometimes we're so busy with our kids or we're so busy with the things we're holding and keeping in tow that we just, we're just moving ahead. And we forget what we've come through. So, um I, I just thought thought about this and was thinking to myself, how many times have I missed the moment where where God worked? And and so we need to find ways to remember. God said, take a stone, because He knew there'd be people that kind of missed. It's like, wow, I what was I doing when we really crossed? Because that was in a momentous time. And then um, I thought again, um, we. It's important to remember because we forget. At our table, we talked about that so much too. We just forget. Um, the, the next, the next challenge for any of us is just around the corner. It's just, it's just around the corner. The next opportunity to know God better is coming, and there'll always be um, scary unknowns and and dreaded knowns. Sometimes one is as bad as the other, or impossible situations out there. And so God gives us invitations and opportunities to find him faithful and to grow. So, so we need to remember what he's done as we're walking into the next current situation in faith. And then finally, um, God's, God's works and miracles are, are just there for us to share. That's part of it. He, he loves the praises of his people. And so uh, the Bible is so important, the scripture, in, in learning truth and learning how God's people responded to him and what he did, but our, our histories in him are also important, and he gives each of us a history, um, and, and we can share with friends and neighbors and coworkers, those who know God and those who don't, and we can share with our children what God has done, and with our grandchildren, and you can, you know, we can say when, uh, whether you're, you're an aunt or sister or where, wherever or your babysitting but you can say when I was a little girl I remember what God did and they love to hear those stories when I was getting married or when I had my first job this is what God did um, they're wonderful bedtime stories just but rehearsing what God has done people thank you for sharing I think that just the act of being called to remembrance reflects on God's character that he has the authority to call us to remembrance because he is the faithful one. If my friends or, you know, my family who I love and trust, you know, 
they, they are sinful people. So for them to require me to remember something that they've done doesn't quite carry the same weight because at some point in time, they have failed me in some way, shape, or form. We can trust the God who calls us to remember because he's never failed us. We, we are the ones who do the failing, and that's why we need to turn our hearts to remember. Um, so what are some ways that you personally create stones of remembrance? I'm sure not all of us have a you know, pile of rocks somewhere. Maybe some do. I, I'm not very good at growing actual things, so maybe a rock garden would be better for me. But what are, what are some ways that you mark stones? I um actually I I have a I have three different things that I'd love to share to talk about this. Um first of all, my family moved here um about 6 years ago and um during that time I was given a book that's called A Thousand Gifts and in that I in that book um there was a challenge to write down a thousand gifts, a thousand areas where you see God um working and moving in your life. Um Anyways, this was during a, a difficult time for me personally, where literally my whole life was ripped apart. Our home was sold. Um, we had a farm. My husband had an, a nursery. Our whole way of life was completely, we, we were starting over in our late 30s with literally nothing. And um, we moved here to Ohio, did not want to be here, was not happy about it one bit. Um, we did not have much money. I, I literally, I can remember the day we had $75 in our checking account, just kind of waiting in the midst of all of this transition. It was a very, very difficult time. And so when I was challenged, like, um, you have to know that it was in a very dark space that I started writing in that book. And, um, this writing of a thousand things, it takes a lot of time, right? Where you're looking um, for the good, maybe in the bad. You're looking for God's hand in the dark. And, and so for me, I was telling the ladies at my table, sometimes I had to cry out to them and say, Lord, I want to see you. I need to see you. I don't know where you're at, and I'm lonely and broken. So for me, I started this this I have this little book right here and it's just a simple little journal and I have funny things in here like oh I don't know new sheets um and replacing the holy ones that were in our bed because we had money to buy new sheets with my husband's job I have a circle of four moms that I met here that were believers so one of these is a circle of four moms that had come um, to a study that I was leading. So all these little markers. My first one has to do, I'm an amputee, for those who are listening and can't see me, but my first one is the way that my boys hold me. I had spent um, a day volunteering in the nursery, picked up this baby, and I was like, what's wrong with this baby? Won't hold on to me and realize that God made my babies to compensate for my loss, right? They hold me. I can feel where they hold me. So from something very, very dark, a loss of an arm, something God gave me something very, very good. So to me, this book is Stones of Remembrance for me. I have like 1,800 of them in here because I just kept going. And I feel sad that I, I need to do this more often because it helps me to be thankful to the great giver. 
Um, the other thing that, actually, when I got this email to be invited to be part of this podcast live, these ladies here had no idea my story. But in the midst of our move to Ohio, again, a very dark time, um, my husband and I um, were struggling. We didn't have any friends. We didn't know what God was doing. We were trying to restart our life in our 40s um, or 30s, I guess it was. And at some point, um, we were feeling very lonely and isolated, and we were mourning and grieving greatly our home. And we were confused why God would have brought us here. We felt like we were in that wilderness, you know, with God, um, where we knew he existed. We saw all the awesome things that he, he did. He did so many mighty things. They're in my book right here. I can tell you about them. So um, one of them is that our house should not have sold. We, we lived in Michigan in 2012. Houses in my neighborhood were sitting there for a year and a half and not selling. And our house, praise the Lord, sold in 30 days for more than what we asked for. So, I mean, God, God did that. Um, and it went to a woman that is homeschooling her kids and loves Jesus and continues to spread the gospel in our neighborhood. It's just such a mighty, awesome answered prayer. But um, at, during this time, we went down to the Stillwater River in Tip City, this place where we took our boys to throw stones into the river. And my husband and I read this passage in Joshua 4. And uh, it's so crazy. It's so crazy that we did this. And we took off our socks and shoes, and we waded into this river, into this strange new town and land that God had called us to. And we pulled out stones, and we sat there on the side of the river, and we went, okay, we saw God here. We saw God carry you through cancer. We saw God help sell our farm. We saw God do this. We saw God. And there was all these unknowns in the future, but somehow making a stack of things where we saw him helped us move forward in the new land. So, yeah. <laughs> That's my little story about that. <clears throat> For me, um, 11 years ago, the Lord told me to, um, through text messaging, um, encourage people. So for the past 11 years, if any of you is on um, Dating Women the Word on Facebook for the last um, maybe 30, 45 days, I've been sending my messages on Sundays to encourage other women. I mean, it's so that's how the Lord makes me remember everything that he's done. It's so amazing how he um, uses me in that. I never know what I'm going to talk about till that literally that Sunday morning I get up and I just start typing. I mean, it's nothing but the Lord. And then the other thing is being born. Uh, when I was born, I was only one pound and four ounces. Wasn't even supposed to be here. Um, my mother had me in her six-month of pregnancy, was cleaning up one day, went into labor. I was supposed to be born October 19th. I came July 16th, 1980. Um, so you think about technology then versus now. You know, wasn't the greatest at all. <laughs> so they told my dad, you know, you can go around there, but don't expect her to be living. And here I am. So um, the Lord has a calling and a purpose on my, of my, on my life. Um, I am forever grateful for this moment because I could not be here. He could have just said, you know what, July 16th, that's it, I don't need her. But he said, no, I need you. So um, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, he has a plan. He has a purpose for me. So that's how he always makes me remember. And I don't know if some of you can tell, I'm going to share this story too. Uh, my nose, I have 
one nostril is bigger than the other. That's how I remember because the tube's in my nose. So I am so grateful that he did all these different things to make me remember how good he is. So I just want to encourage any mother that's or grandmother that's going through, I don't know if my baby's going to make it or not. Your baby's going to make it because the Lord loves you, he cares about you, and he is going to bring you through. So I just want to encourage somebody. How has marking these stones encouraged you to grow in your own faith? Well, I, um, I, uh, I think from personal experience, you know, just as you as you mark down, and I, I journal. Um, some, I don't journal daily like many of my faithful friends, but I journal several times a month, and and, and I'm always grateful when I go back and read them because I see God, I see God's faithfulness. Um, but I think that um, the best way is when He keeps giving us new stretching time. I hate to say that. <laughs> because we don't like them when they come, but um, he proves himself through our challenges in life, whether they're the daily challenges or the um, the great big things that come along. And I will just share um, one way that he has, has grown our faith lately, something that's just come to a close um, actually just yesterday night or today. Um, <laughs> um, during the summer, we had been kind of looking for a, a house to move to, and this is not a big a, a big, big thing, but it's something that a lot of us experience. And we were thinking, if we found the right one, maybe this would be what God would have us do. And we found one that we really, really liked. Um, and we put an offer, but the offer, you know, the, someone uh, they accepted someone else's offer, and that was fine. And we thought that's that's God's will. But but there was just this lingering that I felt it. It was kind of, I just kept looking at the house and thinking, Lord, my heart was still kind of there and I didn't think it was like I that I wanted something too much and my husband told me uh, several days into the next week he said you know I'm just kind of grieving the loss of this house I we we'd never had that experience before and so we just began praying Lord just make it good for the seller and make it good for the buyer and if there's anything that you have us for us in this just work it out you know and so um, every day, you know, I would pray, and I kind of kept, you know, you can keep something up on your cell phone, just keep looking. So I kind of would look at it and pray and, and then go on about my business. Finally, about 30 days in, I knew it was time probably for the closing. So I finally, I prayed again, Lord, make it good for the seller and for the buyer, and I clicked off on it. Uh, the next day, I get these, I get these. Feet, these emails that come in, you know, and then the next day I got an email it sprung up and it said, back on the market. And there it was, the house that we had prayed about. And, and I texted our realtor and said, could it be true? And she did. And uh, she, she checked it, texted and we um, were in contact and um, God granted us this house. He uh, then sold our house. Uh, and and I believe whoever wherever the deal fell through somewhere that that God provided for that person too if I have that story right. Um, but but it was such a neat thing of faith because in the in the process of the next week, as you well know, there are always ups and downs, and you think this isn't going to happen. Yeah, this is going to happen. Oh, this is not. Oh, what if this? You know, what if this report comes back this way or that way? And each time God would take me back and He would say, "Who got you that house?" 
who got you to that? You know, who who did this? If there would be any reason he that, that wouldn't happen, then we knew that was still his business. But he just took me back to that place. And so that has been so helpful when God has proven himself faithful that that he he wants us to remember that. Uh, sometimes it's in tangible ways. Sometimes it's in journaling. Um, I will tell you that has been quite an eventful week. Uh, we closed on our old house. Um, we closed on our new house last Friday. Um, and through the week, there were lots of ups and downs. And our furniture was in our garage until Thursday evening when we got some help and they moved it inside. And yesterday we closed. And I found clothes to wear for tonight. <laughs> We are all very grateful for that. <laughs> she does. We think you look great, Dee. For those of you who are just going to listen, Dee looks pretty pretty rad for being in the midst of moving. I think one thing that hearing us hearing us share all these wonderful things that I I wanted to bring up is that it it can be very easy for us to default to remembering the good things to get us through a dark period. But sometimes that's not the most encouraging thing if you find yourself in in the midst of something hard or something cloudy and unclear. So I think it's important to look back and see what examples from Scripture, because right, we always need to you know go back to this as our our strong foundation. And there are many times that when God called the Israelites to remember, His prompt was, "Remember that you were slaves in Egypt." And that's, I don't know much about that from personal experience, but I can't imagine that having to make bricks in the Egyptian sun day in and day out was a pleasurable experience for them to remember. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to kind of encourage you that sometimes the, the strength of remembering does come from remembering the hard times along mm -hmm. with is good because mm -hmm. our God is faithful regardless of what our circumstances look like. Mm -hmm. So even if that house had fallen through, you know, he's he's no less faithful when that falls apart, when you are in the midst of this bleak time, you know, if if your parents had suffered a loss, like God would still have been good and faithful even in the midst of that, even as he calls us to remember. So you know, don't feel like if you're in a situation where you're not particularly feeling um, happy remembrances coming up, that, that that's part of the remembering process, too, because we can remember that God is good even when our circumstances are not. Um, <laughs> um, how, what are some ways that you've been able to um, use what God has called you to remember to further his kingdom? I just said that I, I think this is our opportunity to share the gospel, right? This this is our time when we can point to, you know, Christ who conquered sin and death and rose again um, and make us his own in the process of that. And we can use stones, like our stones of remembrance, to point others to him. I think that's really, really important. And I love, like, the last part of this verse where, and Joshua, I'm going to get to it, I'm so sorry where it says, it's, it's toward the end, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried for us until we passed over. 
so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the, the hand of the Lord is mighty. Right. So this, to me, says believers, unbelievers. This is pointing to our testimony to the world. Um, could also be our children, right? Because this is this verse is pointing to you know when your children, when your son notices these rocks, um, what should you do? And then the the second part of that is to and I think this is an and, I don't know, I'm not a super Bible scholar, but that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So it's not only, it's for us personally, right? Marking these stones of remembrance is for us personally to build our trust in a mighty, in, in our Father. And then it's also for us to be pointing other people to Him. Like that is why we're given them. I know you all have kind of shared a little bit of stones that um, have come up in the past. Um, Dee shared something that's very, very current, stone, stone of remembering that she's, she's actively committing to memory because it's happening. Um, but what are some other things that maybe um, is happening right now that are calling her to remember? Um, for me, <clears throat> I would say being single. Um, I hadn't always been content in Christ. I tried to do it on my own. Let me talk to this guy. Let me talk to that guy. And um, you, the Lord brought me to being content. Um, you have to be content in Christ. You have to be content where you are. If God wants you to stand, then just stand and totally just trust him. So that's where he has me at right now. I'm just totally just content in him. I trust him. I love him. I know that he has a plan for my life, whether that looks like a, being a married woman or not. Um, God is good all the time. He's good either way it goes. Marriage is not something that's going to put me on a pedestal. I have to be content in Christ because he's the best husband. He's the best father. So um, I'm grateful that I'm at this place right now because even six months ago, I couldn't even say this. So I'm forever grateful to God that he loves me enough that he knows best for me. For me, um, for those of you who, all these ladies in this room can look at me and see that I'm noticeably different than some other ladies. I'm missing my right arm. And for those of you that are listening in, I've been an amputee for about 20 years. And um, I've been vis visibly marked, I, I would say, you know, broken, different from other people on the outside. And for about 19 and a half years, um, I have hidden that in a substantial way where I um, I would wear a shawl. Like tonight, I'm wearing like a little cap sleeve, and you can see my little arm right here. Um, but this is not how I have spent my life living. I've spent my life wrapped up in a wrap or wearing a jacket or something to cover up my right arm or what's left of my little right arm. Um, I've wrestled with feeling that I'm ugly or broken or... Just those, you know, just tired of obvious questions of what happened to your arm and all the stares that I might get in the grocery store from little children. What happened to her arm? Look at her arm. These kinds of things. And um, so I've spent 20 years covering that up. And um, I was at a party this May um, for my sweet friend's daughter who is graduating from high school. And we have this dear friend who's very outspoken, and I love her. She's a great sister in Christ of mine, and her name is Mandy. 
And I am standing, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm at the, her party in this cute little dress with this cute little wrap, and it's all wrapped around me, and it's covering up my arm just so. But there's a problem, because it is windy, and we're outside, and I'm in heels, and I'm in a dress, and I'm holding a plated cupcake with a fork and a napkin, and there's all this stuff, and I obviously can't eat my cupcake, right? And so my friend comes up, Mandy, and she's like, why are you hiding? Why are you covering that up? Hasn't it been like 20 years or something dumb like that? Literally, it will be 20 years. That's October 6th. Um, she says, stop hiding it already. We all know you have a little arm under there. Just get over it. <laughs> and you'd have to know Mandy, but I mean, I'm, I'm probably more quiet, and she's very outspoken. And I sat there, and I was like, oh, boy, why am I hiding? And the Lord used her words to start working in my heart in a big way. And he reminded me that my marked brokenness isn't something I should hide. It's a tool, right? It's a tool that I can use to bring glory to his name. So losing my arm was obviously very difficult. It was very painful. It was not easy. I was angry at God. I got mad at God. One day I threw an onion and a knife and all kinds of things in the corner of my house and broke a few dishes. Um, in the process, but this this brokenness that I have is also one of my most beautiful things, and um, so how I got to watch him carry me through cancer, how I got to see that my God called me out of darkness and into a relationship with him six months before I'd get diagnosed with this cancer, that I would know that he would walk with me. He, he knew I'd need him to walk with him as my hair fell out or as I puked in the toilet for the 10 millionth time, or even as I held a newborn baby in the hospital while hooked up to chemotherapy. Um, he carried me, and he proved himself faithful to me. And then when my arm was gone, when my arm was gone, I spent all these years fighting for He became my right hand man, right? <laughs> so I love that verse in Isaiah where he talks about being our right, mighty righteous right hand. He is that for me. He is my right hand. He is the one that helps me tie my shoes, help me change my babies, help me nurse them. He did all of that for me. And so um, this summer, I found some of these ladies this very earlier. I came to the Hosea study. I didn't know any of these ladies. It was a strange group. Walked in in a sundress 20 minutes late because my sundress got unhooked on my way into the meeting. And I was standing in the parking lot trying to tie myself together. And God helped me tie my dress on so I could go inside <laughs> somehow. But anyways, my right arm is a stone of remembrance for me. I should not be ashamed if someone says to me, what happened to your arm? I can use that as a tool to point whoever is asking, whoever is looking and staring to my mighty father who carries me, who helps me, who's my savior, right? I can point them to the gospel. Um, and I want to, um, I don't want to be, I should not be covering that up. So my is very, I guess that I would say to you guys, I'm, I'm blessed because mine is very open. But all of us have these stones of remembrance, these dark spaces where we've seen the Lord um, carry us, help us, strengthen us, supply for our needs. And we should not be covering those up. We need to be sharing those with other people to point them, point them to him.
I think that's a great encouragement too because I think some of us we it's it's very easy to turn sharing the gospel into this big scary activity that's only only for people who are blessed with the spiritual gift of evangelism and what easier way to share about the goodness of God when we just share these small way smaller big ways that he's called us to remember who he is so I would just encourage us to Yes, increase our gospel fluency and increase our ability to share that with others, but just be willing to share what God's doing and how he is calling you to remember in those bigger little things. You know, take those opportunities. Don't shy away from the chance to share how, you know, singleness is hard or being a new mom is hard, but God is good. So those are small ways that, you know, the Lord allows us to share his gospel message with an unbelieving world when it doesn't have to be standing, you know, at a pulpit preaching the Romans road, which is great, but it doesn't have to be that. So that maybe can take some of the fear out of sharing, you know, our faith with things around us. Um, it wouldn't be a date women in the word gathering if we don't, you know, call our sisters to reflect back on the word. So what are some scriptures that have been especially meaningful um, and turning your hearts towards remembrance. Well, for me, it's my favorite scripture, which is Romans 8.28, and I have to read it. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And this is my favorite scripture because I think of it like medicine. You know, we all don't really like to take medicine. Um, it's nasty. It can, you know, you just don't want to take it, but you want to feel better. So that's how I think about Christ. Um, it may not be for you. It's for your good. It may not feel good. It may not look good. You might not even see it in that moment, but it's for your good. He's working every single detail out for your good. Again, like I said, it may not feel good, may not look good. Lord, I don't know. I don't I don't know about this, but I'm going to trust you. And then you have to look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's my next scripture that I just, I love because I trust the Lord. So I'm going to read that one too. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So the Lord wants us to trust him, not with just some things, but with everything. Don't lean onto your own understanding because that's what gets us in trouble. Well, I'm going to go this way. The Lord told you to go straight, but I'm going to go to the left. It's going to get us in trouble, but we just got to keep trusting him. We got to lean onto him and not our own um, paths. And then my last scripture is Philippians 4, 11 through 13. And that's where he has me at right now at this very present moment. <laughs> I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know that it's to be in, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether fed or hungry, 
whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So at the end of the day, we have to be content. Whether we're standing, sitting down, wherever the Lord has you at, whether married, single, uh, wherever God has you at, be content in him. Give him your whole heart, and he will give you the desires of your heart, and he will be your strength. I um, I highlighted a lot of them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, one that I like to um, just to add to that, I'll just share a couple. I love um, Psalm 77 in regard to this, but I'll, I'll just read a portion of it beginning in verse 11. It says, I, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Joseph and Jacob. And then I like Psalm 116, which says, um, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. There's a lot of sections in there about how he loosed our bonds, like towards the end of that, uh, towards the end of that chapter, how he delivered us from death. Um, he um, loosed our bonds, and so I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all His people in the courts of the house of the Lord and in your midst. And then I also love um, Deuteronomy. A, I love the story of the Israelites because Deuteronomy 8, God is preparing them before they go into the promised land with Moses. And Deuteronomy 8 is this kind of um, exhortation. Is that the right word? Like, you're going to go into the land and I'm gonna, you're going to see me give you all these things and bless you and take care of you and provide for you and all this. Don't forget me. Don't forget me. So that that has been a passage too. That just to, just to remember, like the Lord, He 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 is a jealous God. He wants us to give Him the glory, and I think that's something that we need to remember in this whole art of remembering of of stones of remembrance is that these are for Him, right? They're not necessarily our stones; they're His stones to point people to Him. As we close, there's um, another verse from Psalms that I just love and sing to. It says, I will sing praise to the Lord for he has dealt bountifully with me. And I just, you know, whatever your life looks like, you know, bountiful might look different for Jillian than it does for Dee, than it does for me. But all of us can say that there's been a time in your life that he's dealt bountifully for you, with you. Because what we deserve is to be in the pit, and we are not in the pit. So praise the Lord that in his graciousness he has saved us out of the pit. Um, so I just wanted to thank you all for joining us tonight, whether that's in person. It's so great to see all of your pretty faces in a sugar coma right now, or if you are joining in as a listener. So we pray that you have been encouraged to remember that God is faithful and to remember his wonders of old, and that you use these stones of remembrance and what you've heard from your sisters 
to grow in your faith and to encourage other people in your spheres of influence. Because we're going to be sent out from here. We're going to be sent back to kids. We're going to be sent back to roommates. We're going to be sent back to spouses. And those are all going to be people who need to be reminded that the Lord is faithful and that he keeps his promises. Um, so I would encourage you to do that. So I'm going to close us with prayer, and that will kind of end our, our panel discussion. Um, can you guys thank our guests for being willing to share with us tonight? <laughs> All right, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, just thank you so much that we live in an age where we have a written record of your faithfulness um, that calls us to remember you. Um, thank you for being a faithful God to a forgetful people. Um, thank you for redeeming us and calling us to remember that redemption. Um, I pray over all of my sisters in this room that you would enable us to be more vocal about the ways that you have provided for us. Thank you so much for tonight and for um, the encouragement that you've allowed us to have today. Thank you for listening to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our heart for you is that you become a mighty, awe-filled woman of God who knows, believes, and shares God's Word in your areas of influence. We'd love to connect with you on our website, DaytonWomenInTheWord.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify. In the meantime, we fervently pray Colossians 3, 16-17 over you. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.